0: A friend of mine told me the other day that basically what I do on my podcast is I spill my guts about what's going on in my life or what it is I am stressed or anxious about. And then I apologize profusely for not posting any podcasts. So I refuse to do those things today. Well, at least not the apologies. But spilling the guts, I can't necessarily help. My friend Mike Kaplan just left my apartment. We recorded a podcast, which will be up soon. And uh, we talked about a lot of things. There are certain things that are starting to be repeated a lot. I um, have podcasts. I recorded with Matt Kirshen and uh, Beth Lapidus and David Huntsberger. Beth and David might not be posted because there were some horrendous sound problems. I have to listen back to Matt's to see if the sound problems... Uh, Continued there As well as with Mike Kaplan The one I just did Basically um, I've been letting people hold their own microphones But uh, I guess that The uh, XLR cable Going into this microphone uh, Not necessarily the one I'm holding right now This one or the other one Don't know which one It gets loose and it keeps falling out So people's voices Keep going in and out Which is fucking infuriating Inferiorating, infuriating, 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 infuriating is totally different. That's like if you're inferior and you're in a state of being inferior, but you're also pissing someone else. He's inferiorating, like he's infuriating because he's inferior. That's not a word, but maybe it should be. Who knows? Life, am I right? So, anyway, um, there's a lot of ideas that were exchanged in all those podcasts that I want to put out there, but. The sound quality might just be so shot, the voice dropping in and out so much that you literally might not be able to follow what anyone was saying or understand what they were saying. Like I said, I'm going to investigate, and then I will see what can be done because I might just have to kill those episodes and then re-record completely different ones. Regardless, what you're about to hear right now is a live podcast that was taped at the uh, San Francisco Sketch Fest. With two comedians I enjoy very much, Caitlin Gill and James Adomian. James Adomian and I were co headlining a comedy club in San Francisco that night. Earlier in that day, we decided to do a live uh, Deep Shit. And when I say we decided, I mean Sketchfest asked me if I would do that. They made an offer saying, We want you to be on a podcast. I thought it was going to be someone else's podcast, but they were like, No, we want you to do your podcast. And I'm like, uh, I don't know if anyone's going to show up to a live episode. <laughs> oh. But people did come. People did come. I was at a comedy club. It was at the Punchline Comedy Club, which is one of the best comedy clubs in the entire country. And uh, there was like a group of ten people there that were really great and um, responsive and uh, responded to our fucking esoteric bullshittery, as I say a lot. Um, and I ape, I ape Mark Maron's live WTFs in this because the last format that I did wasn't the best, wasn't the most successful or efficient. A little chaotic. So I start with the monologue, then I bring up Caitlin, then I bring up James. But then we all have we have a three-way conversation that I think was great. Uh and honestly, there was an old black man there. I wouldn't say old, maybe sixties, maybe late fifties. And uh he enjoyed himself. Honestly, no offense to anyone else that was there, that guy was the most important person to me in that audience because I was like, oh, if this old black man approves of what I'm doing, that means I'm doing something. (laughs) Does that make any sense? We're just like, oh, this old black man is going to – he's intellectual. That's what I saw. He looked like he was an intellectual. You know what I mean? Like he – it was like an like an old school black intellectual, you know, probably from Oakland, probably, you know, from Berkeley. Who knows what his fucking history is? I started projecting all sorts of shit. I'm like, this dude was probably a Black Panther. This guy might have known, might know Angela Davis. I don't know what the fuck his history is. This guy is here. I got to make this, I got to impress him. I got to impress this guy. And He seemed happy by the end of the whole podcast. So I was happy with that. Anyway, um... Like I said, certain themes starting to show up. A lot of inner turmoil, as you have heard. As you know. Uh, I don't know what else to say about it. I've said everything. Haven't I said everything? I'm sick of it. I'm sick of saying everything. <laughs> I'm sick of feeling the way that I feel. And... Everyone is so sure that... I have to basically figure out what to do internally to not feel what I'm feeling. But that is very difficult when there are myriad external pressures that are weighing on my body and my head. And, uh... It's it's a very difficult balance. I I I challenge anybody to be in the situation that I'm in and not feel exactly how I'm feeling. That's not to um, undermine your mental fortitude. That's not to under and to over. It's not to overplay how horrible everything's going for me. I don't think I my life is horrible. I probably don't say that enough. I do not think my life is horrible. I have a very very good life. I'm very fortunate. First of all, I was born in the United States of America in a time where slavery doesn't exist anymore. Those are two things I got going for me, okay? Sure, there's long-term effects, (laughs) but I'm dealing with it. That kind of brings me back to the big point, which I'll talk a little bit about in the monologue of this live episode you're about to listen to. So enjoy. (laughs) Audience, you're, I don't know. I you're here. That is so strange to me. I have no idea what's happening. Do you guys know why you're here, or are you just like, uh, oh, nowhere tickets for Nebraska? Can't see Nebraska. Wolf of Wall Street's too long. I bet this will be half the length, but twice the self hatred. Is that what's going on? Okay, um, it's good to be here. uh Yeah. So, thank you. Give a round of applause for Paige for doing the introduction there. I, I'm, a, I'm I'm quite an accomplished stand-up comedian, but today is just esoteric bullshittery. So I hope you guys are ready. Um, this this podcast, I have a couple friends here today, and just like I just like to get into concepts. I'm don't I'm not a big fan of talking about myself. Uh, more about my ideas. I don't really see myself as a, the hero in my own story. Because uh, you know, like people are storytellers, and they always see themselves as their own protagonist. I never see myself as that. I kind of see myself as like an expository walk-on in the own in the movie of my own life. Like I always see myself as kind of like, Mr. President, the Russians are here. Just like information <laughs> that needs to get said, and we got to do it quickly. How can we do that? That guy will come in and say it. That's how I see myself in my own story. And um, I, but I feel like I'm starting to approach what I believe is my true self. A friend of mine just recently had ayahuasca a lot, and apparently, whomever it is or whatever it is that appeared to her, told her that it was my turn, and that it's time for me to learn my true self. And I think I'm gonna do. I think I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do ayahuasca. Um, mainly because I want the serpent god to like me. That's how, that's how much my people-pleasing extends. Um, and that's why I feel like I'm starting to get this vision of myself in my mind's eye, which is um, I feel like it always happens at the end of a depression spiral, for me at least. Like when I, I kind of hit the bumper where I get over myself and start going back up towards more failure. And essentially <laughs> what I am in my mind's eye is uh, I'm in an alleyway, and uh, it's cobblestones for some reason – And uh, they're kind of of moist because it's foggy. And I'm there in what seems like a spotlight, but what it really is is just a street light that's shining right down on me. And I'm in it, and I'm in a zoot suit, and uh, it's dark purple. You think it's black. Like, from a far distance, you'd be like, oh, that's a black suit. But if you got up close, you'd be like, oh, shit, that's dark purple. And if you touched it, the only word that would come to your mind is crisp. That's the only word. Then uh, I'm James Earl Jones for some reason, Uh, and also Morgan Freeman. But with Sidney Poitier's voice, but Samuel Jackson's volume. And at the edge of the pool of light, there's a guy who's tied to a chair with a gag in his mouth, and he's shivering. And I'm smoking a cigar, and I say something badass like, There's no reason to be afraid. I haven't yet taught you fear. And then I like flick the cigar at him and it hits the ground and then it starts a fire because it was actually gasoline it wasn't water and then what happens is he thinks he's about to get burned alive but instead the fire just spells out an exclamation point and a question mark and then there's an applause that's how i see myself in my mind's eye but i know that really what i am deep down is the crypt keeper (laughs) from tales of the crypt i don't know if anybody remembers this early 90s episodic horror show but it was narrated by a skull who loved him some puns. And that's basically me. I'm I'm always on the edge of making a pun and then laughing maniacally. I'm just always thinking like, Abraham LinkedIn.
1: <laughs>
0: Rizzo Parks.
2: <laughs> Dick
0: Picasso. <laughs> that's kind of where I, I exist. And uh, I guess I'm depressed. I didn't know. I was depressed. Um... And I, I, resist, I resist it. I, I've been thinking about going to therapy, but I resist it because it's, I feel like it is the final step uh, into being white. And um, <laughs> I'm far enough. I already have a degree in theater, <laughs> okay, from a theater school I went to that I researched. I ate kale on purpose a couple times last week, rubbed my stomach and went, yummy, and then tipped 25%. Um <laughs> But I wouldn't have known that I was depressed had I not known white people who are constantly pointing it out to me that I'm depressed. I just thought I was oppressed. Totally different. (laughs) Totally different oppression. Because oppression is you in the street going, it's the man, he needs to be stopped. And then other people are clapping going, yeah, right? But depression is you alone in the bathroom mirror going, I am the man, I need to be stopped. And no one says anything. Because you're alone, even when you're with others. So, and I'm resistant to it because there's a part of me I feel like my depression has made me more racist than ever. <laughs> because I feel like that it's it's just a it's a const, it's a it's an old European understanding of psychology, and I'm like these are the same people that put black people in a freak show just for thinking they're black. Uh, and they had they had a, a thing called hysteria, which is just Basically a medical version of bitches be crazy. These are the same people who are like, oh, this is how psychology is supposed to work. So I'm like not that apt to believe them, which is why I'm interested in shit that existed before modern society like ayahuasca. Anyway, guys, I brought that full circle, but not really. I brought that full oval. Why does nobody do that? That connects. Um, I have a few friends that I brought today to talk about, quote unquote, deep shit. And that's what this is. This is just philosophical bullshittery. Uh, Socratic midwifery. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I said midwifery, and then someone's like, uh, actually, it's midwifery. And I was like, okay, fine. We're no longer friends. Um, by the way, if you ever start sentences with the word actually, there's nobody around you that wants to hear the rest of that sentence. That is not – that nobody wants to hear, actually, oh, you're going to drop some knowledge on me in a condescending manner? Please continue. Nobody wants, nobody wants it because that's how I exist as well. I was at a show recently and uh, a comedian, actually a San Francisco favorite, uh, was doing a joke in which he was doing an uh, Irish accent. And then he goes, that sounds Jamaican. And then the whole audience laughed Laughed as if to say ah, ha, 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 Those are not similar And I'm thinking Actually the Jamaican accent derives From Welsh and Irish indentured servants That's kind of how it happened Except we're black so we made it better that's, where, that's what I was thinking But I realized nobody wants to hear that So I kept it to myself because Friendship I feel like that's what friendship is Just not telling everybody what I think of them All of the time <laughs> I just have to constantly curb meanness i i've been'm I'm, 'm I'm been so nice i 'm too nice, which anyone that 's too nice has just got some anger issues, and I have <laughs> some anger issues, and there's way too much fantasizing about punching my stepdad um even though in every fantasy i 'm still thirteen anyway guys um i I want to bring up my first guest today uh, Who is uh, One of my my favorites around And uh, she is a San Francisco Local comedian uh, And she's slowly approaching the stage Uh, I enjoy Her brain A round of applause for Caitlin Gill Everybody please (laughs) Choose a side. Choose, choose a side. Yes.
1: Claim to the table. Hi. Hey, Caitlin. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Say Hi, hello everybody. to the folks. Hi, everybody. Hi, folks. I'm Caitlin Gill. This how is are Caitlin you? Gill. That's me.
0: C-G. That's me. Some of you were thinking K-G. You, you would be wrong. It's not tenacious. You chose
1: the wrong consonant that time. <laughs> yes. Um, Caitlin, uh, yes.
0: let's get into it. Let's do this. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. Oh, by the way, that's something I meant to say. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, not even <laughs> just this podcast. I mean ever.
1: My expectations are low. Go okay, ahead. good.
0: Yeah. I just feel like They're the, really that's what actually, the the exactly. 30s is just a decade of confusion. Right? Because your 20s was a decade of certainty.
1: <laughs> 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 your 20s is like,
0: I know everything. Then you get to like 29 you're like, I'm not sure anymore.
1: We had very different 20s. Did we? Oh, yes, very. Or what much were your 20s so. like? Much more uncertain than certain. Really? I was so bad in my 20s. You were so bad. I was terrible. I look at people who are good at their 20s, and Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, you're nailing that. And I was just hopelessly in sweatpants most of the time. I did not do the 20s very well at all. I'm nailing the 30s. I I feel like I'm pretty good. Like, I have a tattoo appointment. So I feel like I'm killing my 30s.
0: (laughs) Perfect. Um, Uh, By the way, that is the name of your autobiography. I have
1: a tattoo appointment? No,
0: hopelessly in sweatpants.
1: Oh, hopelessly (laughs) in sweatpants. Are you kidding? Me call That's the wrong call in writing. That's, I got a script. I'm floating. Okay. Um.
0: So, well, what do you think is nailing it? When you said you saw you see people in their 20s nailing it, what do you think you know, that is? If
1: I okay, so I'm 32. Yeah. So half that I'm 16. Mm-hmm. If you could take a snapshot of 32 year old me and show 16 year old me, she would be wildly impressed. Okay. Like this is my job. Uh. You know, telling my weird brand of dick jokes and uh, like I drive a Honda Fit. Like, well, I bought a Honda fucking Fit, so, you know. Uh, Like, I live in a cool city. Uh, I don't know. I mean, apparently the only standard I want to reach in my 30s is that which I thought was appropriate at 16. So, I mean, maybe I should set the bar higher. I don't, like, own a home or have a family, but (laughs) who wants that? Uh Everybody does This is America I don't though I really don't actually That's well, I think you we not? might talk about that a little well, bit Well you
0: know Oh okay good Because I, I have a thought Because I've been What's thinking the thought? about Well think I've been about thinking it. about kids a lot myself Think about it lately. out loud though Really? I will mm-hmm.
1: Well I've been thinking about kids You want babies?
0: I think I, I have a controversial idea Like I want a couple kids But I don't want to know them That's, that's <laughs> Like I want a couple by a couple different women Because I want them to kind of be like me No idea where their dad is Please, and they will fucking please, fight please
1: to... do that at a sperm bank and not just like on the road. All right, please, <laughs> okay, please do that, like, because there's a method for that, or like, you know, to the madness, like a turkey baster to a lesbian friend, like that's a cool way to go. Ha- but don't, I mean, don't just. Well, I like, actually have
0: been talking to a, a lesbian friend I've, about this. I am not
1: far. surprised to hear that yeah, Baron Bond. Yeah. In no way, no, that you are not. Surprised. My jaw just hit the floor.
0: <laughs> um. So, well, because I've been thinking about the kids a lot lately, because. There's this thing. uh, Okay, there's a great improv teacher who I love. His name's Keith Johnstone. He's a British guy with a lazy eye. And um, he he once said something in the book.
1: If he hears that. Like, I'm sure he has he like, a huge like, repertoire of accomplishments. Like, I'm sure he's Dude, done things. Did he's he, a I don't genius. know. Did he write a book? Does he have, like, yeah. an institute? Is there a park named after him? You go straight for his Probably. lazy eye. I don't think he puts that first on his CV. Okay. I don't think it's, like, name, title, lazy eye. I don't think that's... All sorry. Right.
0: Well, then I'll rephrase that. I just had to defend his he's lazy He's an eye. old British genius
1: Okay. with
0: one eye that knows what it is doing. <laughs> um... That's, that doesn't I matter. Like I, that so I, I'm much. glad that you liked that. <laughs> yeah, I did. But he, he said something in a book that I liked a lot, which was uh, he, he was talking about truths mm-hmm. and um, how people will. He doesn't understand when people get very angry to protect their truth because if it's the truth, it's just the truth. You do not have to protect it. And he was talking about that, like, if your truth is untrue, uh, then let it go, <laughs> essentially. And he was just talking about, like, sometimes. State your truth, then reverse it. Uh, reverse the statement. If the opposite is also true, then your truth is not true. Let it go. So, I took
1: this class, and it has, like, triangles and mm-hmm. A D. Yeah, yeah there's
0: funny. a lot of diagrams. It was originally taught by Venn. <laughs> um, so, please.
1: Good night, everybody. I'll just... Did
0: <laughs> <laughs> you not hear me before? So, he, so, it started making me think about... So, what I do sometimes every now and then is I'll, I'll reverse the way I think about something mm-hmm. to I think a chaotic extent now. Like I feel like I should have arrived on some conclusions, but every time I'm like, I think it's this, I go, wait, about what about the opposite? And I kind of sit in that for five years.
1: <laughs> um,
0: so I feel like I've heard so many comedians lately talking about kids and how they could never have them. No, having kids I could never. over and over and over again. And everyone's arguments, are some of the most shallow, petty arguments I've ever ha- I've ever heard, which is essentially just kind of like, I I where will I I can't go anywhere. What if I kill it? Stuff like that. <laughs>
1: um, I'm gonna say, what if I kill it is actually a pretty what if I kill it concern. is a good one.
0: But I'm just saying that, like, okay, yeah, what if I kill it is good. I re- I re- I retract the statement. <laughs> I retract it. Let me refract it.
1: <laughs> like, uh-huh.
0: so, um, just come through my prism, guys. So it's like. Wait, let me finish. Okay, go ahead. Let please, finish. please. Can I finish? Can I finish? Dana Carvey. Thank you very much. San Francisco? All right. Nobody. Um, so essentially it's like – okay. But it's a very shallow. It's just kind of – it always comes from a selfish reason I feel like. Like it's just like I can't do all the stuff I want to do. I can't see the world, etc., etc. as if to say if you have a kid, that's it. You're done with stuff, which is not necessarily true. Um, so I feel like I never hear the arguments for having children. Um, and even parent comedians, I was like, oh, this is hard, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know why they all sound like that. <laughs> but it's like it started making me think, well, what is so what is so hard? what is like I think that kids are awesome. Babies are awesome. But how expensive they are is not. But we've been having babies longer than the concept of money has existed. So there's got to be a way to make it work.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, yes. Like, I think I think you're right that the arguments that a comedian would present or you hear comedians present uh, about not having children do feel a little bit self-interested. Yeah. Uh, I think it's also a, a fear because our career is late at night and, it, you know, your job takes you away a lot. And mm-hmm. that's not where you want to be from your newborn baby. And I think it's not just like, I can't handle that. I think under the like, oh, I don't want to do that, is, it's not just like, I don't want to change a diaper it's like, I don't want to be miles away from the source of the deepest love I've ever felt. Like, that's kind of another real fear is that, you you know, you have... Comedy is sort of a calling, mm-hmm. you know, uh, mm-hmm. and offering something else that kind of love and energy is very scary. So yeah. I feel like, you know, maybe that's not the, like, whiz-bang, ha stuff you talk about in the comedy club. But I think those are real I'm, fears I'm, for I'm a way comic more that's having that. a baby. Well, yeah, of course. And that's why, you know, we do this here yeah. now. But that's... I mean, Well, because
0: I, I guess I think that, like, uh, you don't have to be physically present to be present. I know a lot of people who man, grew up in their families with their man. dad around all the time, but they don't know who that guy is. They've known them their entire lives, and they have no idea what that person is I about. grew up
1: with a mother in a different country.
0: You it's did? It's hard. You
1: yeah, did? Yeah, it's hard. Oh,
0: wait. Your mother was in a different country. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. My mom might-
1: lived no somewhere my mom lived uh in Mexico for about ten years twelve okay. to twenty two that's i mean i I love the amazing things she did, and it is very hard to be apart from people you love that much, so yeah. I think you know. I think that's scary. I think that's a real real scary thing.
0: Okay. Well, let's transition into the thing it is that you wanted to talk about.
1: Oh. uh, Does this
0: kind of naturally go into it? Sure. All right.
1: Sure. I will say that it's fun to flip ideas around because you were talking about that earlier. We're looking at the opposite of what you believe. Mm -hmm. And I think that's essential to good, honest joke writing. But okay. (laughs) (laughs) That's craft talk. (laughs) Craft talk. Hi. Welcome back to craft talk. (laughs) I'm hopelessly in sweatpants. I'm knitting.
0: (laughs) Um. So, I'm crafting
1: with cat hair. what is the subject?
0: <laughs> what is the subject that you were? Uh, I usually ask my guests to think of a quote-unquote big life theme, something that they've been thinking about, talking about, coming back to a lot. Like you see an article, and you're like, I'm gonna read that, or it keeps coming up in conversation, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and uh, that's what I ask them to think about. So, Caitlin, what is that for you right now?
1: Uh, I guess the the thing that popped in my head was uh, routine and change. Uh, I am not very good at routine.
0: Okay. Uh,
1: I never have been. I don't. I get uh, intolerable, uh, just fussy and angry, and you know, very forest for the trees, obnoxious. Okay. Uh, it just isn't. I get. I. Uh,
0: Can you define a routine for, for uh, us, please? A nine-to-five
1: job. School. Uh, anything that happens at the same time well, every those are- day. But, th- but
0: those are forced routines. Uh,
1: yeah, they are. And I didn't do well. And some before I figured out that it was routine that might have been the issue, some of the methods for dealing with it were more self-destructive than not. Okay. Uh, because you can get out of a routine if you just get out of the situation. But sometimes the out isn't very clean or easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's part of the reason I'm uh, enjoying the pursuit of stand-up comedy as a career so much. I mean – it's mostly 8 o'clock, 10 o'clock at a comedy club. But the place changes, the people change, the situation and the challenges change. It's a very dynamic uh, thing to do. And your
0: material changes based on yes. the feedback you get from an audience. Absolutely. Uh, instantly, right. which uh,
1: is never routine. Um, but that's scary because life has routines that you say, you know, as you mentioned, are forced. And if we're already talking about kids and love and relationships, some of those things are inherently routine, and I don't want to deny myself those forever just because I get itchy doing the same thing a lot. So I'm trying to figure out how to sniff out what good routines are and not get so itchy while I'm in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and how's
0: your nose been going?
1: I mean, I guess it's going pretty good because I am in a relationship, and that's going pretty good. Uh, but I guess if I look at like you know if that fun game of projecting future fears into your nice, happy relationship... Of uh, course. That's that's scary to me that I know that I have sort of um, ejector seat outed, at, you know, gotten out of situations that feel um, too kind of cocoony or familiar. I don't want that to happen, uh, you, well, know, to, you know, I don't want to do that to myself. You
0: know what's on the other side of a cocoon, being a butterfly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, I guess that's true. I guess, you know, but I already feel like a beautiful butterfly baron. Okay. I feel like I've already shed important cocoons enough. I feel like I've done enough metamorphosis at this point. Cocoon to, uh, always just
0: sounds like somebody is stuttering over their racism.
1: <laughs>
0: um, anytime I hear it, I'm just like, nah. it always makes me. It always makes me go like, Ugh. Even though I have, I have to go like, that's not, this is a completely different word, Baron. Calm down.
1: Um, and on the other side of it is butterflies. Yeah. And on the other side, in the stomach, in the stums. What? so yeah i quit i uh, i also I left my job this year to do comedy that yeah. so I guess that w- that was you know so I guess it 's a lot of change um, so are you trying
0: to when you talk about routine, do you mean that are you trying to instigate more into your life, create your own routine, or do you just miss when you had a routine?
1: no, the opposite i can 't do the routine, and I like it when the calendar looks different all the time uh-huh. um, but that's i 've had to it takes a lot of effort to kind of put your life into that situation because most of life's opportunities are presented on some kind of regimented schedule. Right. Uh, so I have to find like a happy, satisfied, successful life that maybe doesn't include those as much, instead of just putting myself in situation after situation with a new routine where maybe I will like this one and then I never do and then I, I just kind of and you kind of freak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: I got gotcha. you. I'm I'm in a similar-ish
1: place. Yeah. Uh-huh. I guess. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I mean, sorta. You know, right? You know, okay, what I'm saying, yeah. You kind of, I hear you. So I hear you clucking, big chicken. I hear you barking. What did you say? <laughs> How's those dogs doing? Did You say barking, big chain? <laughs> did you say I hear you barking, big chain? I hear you clucking, big chicken. Oh,
0: that makes so much more sense. Right? Yeah, it's... I was like, I hear you, barking, Orc Big Chain. like, Big Chain is that someone with a dirty south I haven't letter. heard about? Is he different than Two Chains? He doesn't need Two Chains. He just has one big one. Um, he's like, Look, one chain is enough. If the chain is big, one size does not fit all. But for me, it does, because I'm Big Chain. Bye. He's like, Wow, he didn't he didn't rhyme at all. What a horrible rapper. I know, but he's saying something. No, oh, what's the name of this album? Hopelessly in sweatpants. <laughs> Oh, call it back, guys. Um, you just close that oval, I, baby. I, I close that, that oval. oval. It is my office. So, um, okay. So, <laughs> this is so much better than I thought it was going to go. No, it is. Honestly, you guys are fantastic. So I'm going to bring up the, that, that sounds sarcastic, but I'm not being sarcastic. Um, I'm going to bring up our next comedian uh, guest, thinker. Um, who um, will have things to say about what Caitlin and I were discussing And have his own things to say uh, This gentleman I met years ago at the UCB in Los Angeles He was wearing a, just the biggest trench coat And um, <laughs> he, he was kind of doing stand-up a little bit And that was a couple <laughs> years ago Unfortunately, he's incredibly smart So he is better than I am now um, a round of applause, everyone, for James Adomian. Hello, hello,
2: Adomian. Hello, Baron. Hello, have a seat. You're too humble. I'm too <laughs> self-effacing. <laughs> Should I sit uh, under the streetcar or over by Court Tower? Where do I... Depends. Uh, I'll I... sit
0: right under Full House. There <laughs> you go. It's a rare condition in these days and ages. Um... <laughs> I have clear braces so sometimes I trip over my words and I'll I'll pluralize things that don't need to be's. So <laughs> Hi James, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I'm pretty good as well. You're I mean it seems like there was
2: a depression problem. You're handling it okay. Problem?
0: <laughs> you say that like it's over.
1: It's an
2: ongoing thing, guys. I want to I want to say I uh I have struggled with depression for many yep. years and okay. there's a fantastic book that changed my life. It's called It sounds like I'm about, about to cry but I just lost my voice. I'm sorry. It's like
0: <laughs> it's a book that changed my life. Oh. <laughs> this is called A Million Little Pieces. <laughs> Tuesdays with Morrie. Oh, okay, great. What's the what's the book?
2: Uh, it's a terrible title. It's Uh-oh. called Surviving America's Depression Epidemic. Ooh. Um who wrote could it?
1: be jazzed up. I can't. I, that's right. true. That's... in on top
2: of it, the <laughs> cover of the book is just the words. Also, uh,
1: surviving is kind of a bleak outlook. Right. Like, I would like to thrive in America's depression epidemic as opposed to, like, like barely get by in depressed America. Sorry. Go ahead.
0: Well, I was like... It could totally be jazzed up. Surviving America's Depression Epidemic from Bebop. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> Any Disney fans? okay oh, I really like it. Uh,
2: but you were saying yeah. about the difference between oppression and depression. It was very interesting. Well, you know,
0: because it's like I've been I've been trying to read more about this because, like I said, I didn't realize how racial it was for me mm-hmm. that I had a thing in my brain that was like therapies for white people. I had no idea that it was in there, right? So it was like, because it's not... part. Like when I was in, I was in theater school, I went to art school, and people were always like, why are there not more people of color in the school? I'm like, because we're not taught that it is available to us most of the time. So it's like a lot of the kids that I grew up with didn't know that you could just go to a damn theater school and be in debt for the rest of your life. (laughs) But some of us figured that out. (laughs) And so I've been reading more and more about it because, you know, like, the black community in general, just, it's not part of our, it's not part of our lexicon. You know what I mean? Even though, apparently, we commit more suicide than any other group in this country. Anyways, you were saying? (laughs) God damn it. (laughs)
2: Well, it was very interesting to hear you say that because it reminded me of this book and yeah. how he points out um, that uh, there is a link between um, uh, social ills and people feeling depressed as individuals, mm-hmm. and that you're sold medications and therapies like, and and you need to get back to work, like uh, remedies, yeah, like something's wrong with you. Get back to work. Wherein he points out that. People who are depressed tend to be very empathetic and sensitive, and that that's good. That you're the species creates uh, uh, very deep feeling people from time to time. And that if you're feeling bad, that's you're the canary in the coal mine, and something's very wrong. And there is is something wrong, whether it's a social or racial oppression or any other kind of like big problem that's
0: happening. You know, Matt Uh, Ruby, right? Yeah, Matt Ruby's a New York comic who has a great joke. That is, uh, I guess, uh, being aware of things is just called depression now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. Oh, jeez,
0: what's wrong with Matt? Oh, he's got a bad case of connecting the dots.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I loved that joke. The first time I heard, it, I was like, "That's." I went up, was like, "Matt, that is one of the most brilliant things I've ever heard." And you know, there's a part of me that sometimes it feels like. And you're right, I feel like that. it's, it's get back to work. Shut that stuff off, you empath. The, there's, I, I've always wanted to uh, have a party. Uh, <laughs> this is the worst. You guys are not
2: going to want to come to this party. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wanted to get just as many ads for psychotropic medications as possible oh. and play them on a screen and just have a party because they're psychotic. <laughs> like, they're they're all about, like, you're sad, but with this pill, you can be just not sad enough to go back to fucking work.
0: <laughs> just a little less sad.
2: They have the Zoloft blob, and he's like, he's like, mama sees a battle. He's like, blah, blah, blobbing around. And they're like, take a Zoloft. And he's still the same fucking blob, but he's like, well, now I can kind of bounce to my blob job. No one's interested in actually helping you solve your problems. Very true. Wow. I sometimes think So anyway, my birthday's next weekend. That's going to be the theme of the party. Great.
0: Depress yourself. Um, So sometimes I think, and this is where I start to go like, this is where I start to get new agey in a sort of a way where it's like, love it. You, we, okay. I I recently had a um, what's a uh, professor, a philosophy professor. The last time I did a live episode, I had this guy named Dr. Pierre Grimes who is a Socratic midwife. It's what he describes himself as, Socratic Peter midwife. Peter or Pierre? Pierre.
2: <laughs> Pierre Grimes. <laughs> Oh, I love the professors almost half. They if you if you don't have if you're not sufficiently professory, yeah. they have to assign you, you like
0: Oh, a, your name is now no album patches. Shock.
2: Yeah. Dr. Pierre Grob. You're now
0: philosophical. You're what's your name? John Smith? Nope, not anymore. Not anymore. You're yeah. now Andromeda Jones. <laughs> um, cuz that was you science fiction philosopher. I don't Pam Greer popped in my head for no reason. So... Can I, as a side note, Andromeda
2: has always been a really fascinating... I love the word uh, Andromeda. Andromeda. Yeah, I love it. It makes it sound like, yes, I want to go there. Can we... (laughs) How fast can we get to Andromeda?
0: (laughs) How fast can we get to Andromeda? (laughs) Uh, It's going to be a couple light years. That's no problem. I don't know. There was a guy on the train that was... He knows how many light years it is from station to station. Andromeda. It's Andromeda, then Alpha Centauri. So... um, I know. That is deep shit. Wait, that's, that's, a, is, a ga- that's
2: deep shit. A, that's a, a, like the, ne- the closest galaxy, right? Andromeda? Alpha Centauri? I don't remember. Anybody no, that's know? A, that's the closest star. Yes?
0: Okay. <laughs> Alpha Centauri is the closest star. And Andromeda is the closest galaxy outside of ours. Okay. Where's Kepler 22? You know what <laughs> I'm talking about? Hey, why don't, you, why don't you feel grateful for the galaxy you're in, pal? Uh, all right. <laughs> exactly. Get back to galaxy work. going yeah. to, to the Milky way, you're ungrateful. I always wanted to go to galaxy high. Anybody? So, um, <laughs> it's a... Cartoon I watched at 4 okay, o'clock okay, in the morning I when sure. I was in high school. Um, 4 o'clock in the morning in high school? Yeah.
1: I had so my... depression has been an issue
0: yeah. for a significant well, amount of time. Very. No. Uh, mm, school, high school started at 7 a.m. for me. And my freshman and sophomore year, I, I didn't get a driver's license until I was 28. So my friend oh, got a driver's license when I was in my junior year. But freshman and sophomore year, I took the bus to school. School started at 7. The bus left at 6.25 And it was a 30-minute walk from where I lived, so I had to get the hell out of my house at 6. So I quickly figured out I have to wake up an hour and a half to two hours early to be ready for that. Because I would fall asleep in the shower.
1: (laughs) Again. Um, There's nothing wrong with a good shower nap. In
0: my day, it's like... Yeah, not come on. I
1: I the There's shower wrong is the good sh- shower blank. Like essentially anything you do in the shower is just a sin erased by the water. No problem. <laughs> Shower beer, shower coffee, oh. shower barf, shower cry, shower everything. Shower, shower, man. These little that's, gifts were given by Forget the deities. Zoloft blob. I just need a hot shower. Really, That's is that just because I don't have health insurance? That's right. That Zoloft,
0: if that Zoloft blob got in the shower, it would find out that it was like Christy Brinkley at its prime. You can ma- it's prime? You can masturbate in the shower and it's oh, washed away. It's just
1: gone. You it's can like stab it, it's someone a,
2: like Psycho and the blood just goes down the drain. And
1: nobody? No problem. And that's the masturbating syrup, in the too. That also goes down I the drain clean. I found out. No, no reason. What's wrong with shower ice cream? I don't remember what we're talking about. It's oh. hot and then it's cool. It's like a... Never mind. The
0: shower is the only... Kids in the hall,
1: shower fried chicken. It's the only time where I back. get
0: any privacy. Right. I feel like it's the one time where I get to be by myself with my thoughts and not owe anything to anyone. Some people meditate. I guess shower. the shower would be the only place I get any sort of meditation. Right. Because I can't. Answer a phone. I can't look at a screen. I'm just sitting there. And a lot of your a lot of ideas come to people in the shower because I I read something. It was like a brain study about like it's essentially the same as painting because you're focused on a specific task, which is washing only my <laughs> left peck. And <laughs> uh, yeah, if you
2: do work that's relatively easy on your brain, yeah, uh, then your brain your brain starts to, to go. It yeah, gets
0: to have fun. It gets to have that blow. Oh, this is what I was going to say. Um. So this is where I say I get a little new-agey. When I think about, you say empath, you know, people who are depressed are just generally more empathetic. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I feel like... <laughs> sometimes I feel like a motherless child. Um, I know, I know, I felt you think it. <laughs> so sometimes I feel like if we weren't in this patriarchal capitalist society, the people who are empaths would probably be leaders of their community... <laughs> In old matriarchal tribal societies. Anyway, that's just a thought I had. Yeah, it makes, you, it makes you
2: wonder, like, how was it done differently before be- Exactly before uh, the patriarchs took over and destroyed all human history from <laughs> before 5,000 years ago?
0: They're, they're, I mean, we're starting to feel more... Oh, that's what I was going to say. Pierre Grimes, he had said something about science, <laughs> science. We are we, building ideas on science that becomes outdated faster than the institutions we build around the science. Oh, yeah. Essentially, like, we built shit that was based on science from 1920, and then we're still in it, even though we know all that's not true anymore.
1: Well, if you want to look at the drugs that were fed, the FDA has, like, got a budget of about 16 cents. There's about 4 people that work fair, there and they're responsible is that a comedic for checking all Yes, that oh, was. Okay, right. And they have they're responsible for checking all food and drugs and they don't get to do anything. They have like computers that are as big as this room and they're all like you have to organize them in those little card boxes. I mean, but yes, you been there? A, yes.
2: And they have like this is giant absolutely computer true. rooms?
1: No, I wish that this was true, uh-huh. but it's not much of an exaggeration. The the institution that's meant to uh regulate uh what we put into ourselves is uh underfunded, ignored, uh, Overregulated uh, over-regulated in the creepiest ways, and we don't get a chance. I mean, it's the only public institution that's meant to look out for us in any respect in that regard. Uh, but instead, we're all kind of left uh, floating out there hoping that organic sticker means something. Does Which it.
0: reminds me, guys. Um, you know, there's a lot of great uh, uh, items on the menu here at the uh, – Oh, yeah. Tried
1: the f- f- <laughs> try the <laughs> mac and, and cheese line, bites. So make sure to be kind to your wait staff. Uh, um, they actually are kind of good, but you can only eat about one and a half. Sorry. James. So order them from the table is what I'm saying.
2: I would love it if the FDA is so, their computers are so primitive that if there's a new medication they have to approve, it's just the pill comes in and they'd have to play a game of Pong. It back and what forth, the and then if it if it gets out, then you're like, okay, there's a new uh, drug on the market.
1: If too many come at once, it just becomes asteroids, and they just have to shoot it from the bottom and hope that they get them all. Sorry. Uh,
0: no, there's
2: no reason. That was apologize. one of the best jokes in Futurama. There's a lot of those. Uh, I missed the Futurama panel yesterday. Uh, but um, but the with the uh, aliens were invading, and they made a. Um, Galaga joke where they went oh. they, they went drop one level lower and continue sliding to the side
0: oh. that was like their strategy that's beautiful Ah <laughs> oh, man I used to have a joke like that so <laughs> take a minute ah. to remember the old joke eight years ago I had a joke like that oh so they laughed
2: and laughed
0: James Speaking of subjects that the comedians have to come up with, did yeah. you think of something that has been on your mind and your soul and your stuff? Uh,
2: yeah, actually, um, I've been thinking. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. yeah. Thanks. Interesting. Um, yeah. Well, I have recently been reading at the same time because I I can't read one book at a time because I'll get bored with it. Or so I do the same thing. Usually, there's like, like a comic them. book and a real book oh, uh, at the same time. But mean this a graphic time, novel. Yeah. Well, sure. Okay. Um, but I was reading um, uh, two deep books at the same time: the Tao Te Ching and Ecclesiastes, uh, and they're very, very, very similar. About okay. and they're what I've been tripping out on is the utter pointlessness of everything. Oh, uh, it, but in in a way that's very interesting if you can accept it, because uh, there's all these patterns that this pointless thing happens in. Describe. Um, continue. Well, the Tao Te Ching says that uh, energy uh, descends down to us, and then is sort of reuptaken um, in these in these patterns that mimic each other uh, in, in small scales and large scales. And there's these mysteries we don't quite understand it. Um, and uh, uh, and, it, and the that the best way to live is sort of in harmony with these patterns. Uh, but and this is more Ecclesi- Ecclesiastes that. Even if you live wisely, uh, according to the patterns of uh, reality, it's pointless. It's utterly pointless. <laughs> okay. And wisdom gives you the same reward as utter foolishness. If you come into this world lighting things on fire and wrecking into everyone you know and ruining ruining the entire world, your reward is the same as <laughs> if, you're, if you're a wise demigod. <laughs> Speaking of the Republican Party... <laughs> Yeah, it's utterly pointless, except it's just sort of more interesting to live.
1: <laughs> he
2: <won't laughs> Baron is stuck in a physical bit.
1: Somebody reset Baron.
0: Baron's, Baron's stuck in, a, in an act Control
1: out. Control-Alt-Delete Baron. I just want
0: to let you guys know what's going on in my mind right now. Here's my <gasps> inner monologue. Elbows, 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 <laughs> elbows, 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 elbows. Utterly elbows, pointless, but very fun. Man. So do you That's... find comfort in that idea?
2: Yeah, because... Uh, uh, well, Ecclesiastes says, you know, he goes through, uh, it's not Solomon. It, they, they tell you when you're a kid that it's King Solomon, and it's not. Uh, it's some guy who's like, um, wink, wink, Solomon. Uh, you mean who wrote Ecclesiastes? Yeah, it's like it's okay. written by some guy who's like, um, DJ Solomon. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <Remix>!
1: Sorry. <laughs>
2: and uh, but anyway, he goes through saying, like you know um uh, every, like everything is pointless, wealth is pointless, okay. love is pointless, uh, and then there's an, he also says uh, expect expect moments of sadness, moments of happiness, and that's the the famous bird song uh mm-hmm. to everything, that song <laughs> turn, turn turn turn, turn." turn, turn. All right. Uh, so it's, you uh,
0: find comfort in this, though. So you are just kind of like, well. Yes, because then he says, he says uh, oh.
2: what comfort is there? If you're, living, if you're born into a universe that's utterly pointless and good is not rewarded any more than evil, uh, the comfort you have is very small comforts. It's doing, he says over and over again, he says the comfort is doing good work and, and, and having a moderate amount of fun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And doing work that you love and having a moderate amount of fun and good times. Okay, and, and so work that you love and uh, a little bit of wine, and this is basically is recommendation.
0: Hmm. That sounds like uh, no. Epicureanism. Don't,
2: you, I don't know. You think that you, you think it's
0: kind of not a you think it's a bad deal? You think it's like a raw deal? No, not necessarily. I mean, the point is, is that I I'm, I'll extrapolate this, and you can feel free to be like that's horribly wrong, Baron. <laughs> um, have fun. Kinda, right? That's what he's basically saying. There's no point, so kinda have fun, a little.
1: I I mean, the descent into, like... Bacchanalian madness doesn't really serve... That's too much fun. ...anybody in it. Well, I mean, and I think it's another response to the nothing matters. You know, you can either light the world on fire and destroy everybody you love or just drink all the wine and do all the things. Well, this is, yeah. I mean, there is so much immediate reward to wine and and anonymous sex, but the idea that, like, oh, so much. Uh, But over time, you know, I, I guess... It's that balance of how much punishment you dole out to yourself while you're here in order to indulge in all the pleasure that you can find, because there's—I mean, to me, uh, in the nothingness that matters, there's still balance, nothing. and those are the patterns that you're talking about, because the—you know—there's something, there's something tethering those highs and lows. Yes,
2: uh, and it's not nothing. It's, right. It's it's a pointless happening. Something is happening. We're all happening right now. It's a pointless pointedness. (laughs) Yeah. 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 You're welcome. Your ears, and we we know this when we investigate other worlds and stuff. Where we're like, if there's life, it's gonna be based on water or methane, depending on the temperature, because right. those like water's a yeah. really good it's it, it's a very good solvent, and so that's one of the patterns is uh, like if there's gonna be life, it's always gonna be based on a good solvent. Isn't kind of
1: life as we know it, though? That's always one of those things that kind of drives me nuts. Like, would we? I guess we'd recognize the size uh, the signs of a planet developing, sort of like we did. But the idea that that's what life looks like is kind of nuts when you look at how many other fucking things are out there. Right. Right, right. I have a feeling, you know, looking well, for a carbon-based thing is just kind of like the best we can do, I guess. But that's like, well, that seems brings kind us of
0: kind of back to Kepler twenty-two, right? Right. You know what Where's I'm talking Kepler? about? When I Actually, talk about I do that. feel is like this table planet? probably
1: knows a lot more about what I'm yeah. talking about yeah. right yeah. now. I mean, I'll reel back from what I heard on Radio Lab that one time. <laughs> and try oh, to... yoinkles!
2: I love clicking on the news stories that come out like once a month. There's a story on Huffington Post or Drudge Report where they're like,
1: a planet. And it's
2: like play's been found, yeah, and i'm and i' now I'm numb to it because every time I'm like, "Stop the presses, click on it, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on a second, i gotta let me
0: get my phone ready to call Mom, and but then it turns out they're just calling some celebrity fat, then they go then they go. <laughs> That's what they're like. That's what they're doing. No. It's a Chris Christie you're like, story. Oh, son of a bitch. Really? That's cruel. I was excited about <laughs> humanity's going forward, but, but in, apparently we're going backwards. What, what upsets, upsets me, What upsets me is that they're
2: almost Earth planets. Every time, every fucking time, they're well, like, We found one. Yeah. And then they're like, it's in the habitable zone. It's not too hot or too cold. It's twice the size of Earth. That's Kepler twenty two B. Right. And then they're like, and it rains fire. And you're like, oh. okay, great. Well, thanks a lot. But so it is the
1: planet. Plan. It does this, play, I mean, a rain fire. Okay, so this table can correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm absolutely stealing this from Radiolab, but there's that theory that the meteor smashed into us and everything was dead in a fucking day! That it was all just over, and then it rained all this weird fire and hail for kind of a long time. Not a long, long time, but the only stuff that could make... I mean, apparently soil is a good insulator, and there's all this stuff that's like a little bit below the surface, but and that stuff crawled out of the dirt, and then yes, it became birds. Where and was Russell
0: Crowe in his boat, though? You know... He was running a marathon and
1: Apparently a he was on fucking fire, because yeah. the planet was like 300 million degrees. And that's well, where the moon came from. This is when There's the moon not came. A from. Right sorry but
0: that's a big thing too <laughs> who has that book marriage of sun and moon but I, I mean Weil. fire
1: stops raining and then that says. fire like you know the stuff that was on fire falls into these little chips that get stuck together somewhere in orbit outside that planet and then it has a moon long after we're dead and then it's alive with stuff so I mean raining fire doesn't rule out that planet from being inhabitable eventually
2: yeah eventually but it'll be a I think fine that place nothing that you're talking right
1: about is t- time like our concept of what time is, is I mean it's I love that that's a four letter word it's so tiny I love that it's one syllable like that's nuts to <laughs> me because we have no idea what the fuck that is it's cute that life is the same size and length like that's not we don't time uh there's no human understanding of what geological time is we just can't do that it's too big it's too much it's too long the idea of ages is like we our little brains just can't they just can't we're better at infinity in my opinion and infinity drives its researchers mad so i I just don't think we can have like the appreciation for that being Earth like to me is like, you got a shot in like 20 million years, little buddy. You could have our little bugs crawling around on you, but it's like gonna be 20 million years. That's a,
2: a very depressing thought, is uh, a very depressing thought. I'm
1: full of those. Come to my comedy shows.
2: <laughs> I hope you guys are having a good time. I would love it. I would love it if
1: uh... <laughs> they gave us really long chords.
2: oh Oh, mayo mustard if the aliens come to like say hello to us and they get here and they're like we got your message you're smart enough to hang out and then there's just nothing but the pyramids left (laughs) because
0: they were probably the smartest people who (laughs) ever built those um ancient people yeah well i mean like and that's what i'm talking to be where it's like that's what i'm talking about I feel like we're starting to find out more. Is that your or Irish? I don't know yet. Oval! Sorry. Well, they just found
2: out that human beings are much older than they thought we were originally. Yes, they were, they're, what, they're
0: too- finding more stuff in different places.
2: They, they were like, no, there's been people there's been people now for a half a million years or whatever. I'm sorry, I'm just entertained with my with
0: my, with my trying to not sound ignorant right there. Yeah, we're finding more stuff in different places. <laughs> like a morning radio show? <laughs> yeah. Finding more
2: stuff in different places. We'll be right back after this. Go down to the, uh, my friend Bob's Honda. Bob's Honda. has got deals.
1: <laughs>
2: You'll leave Bob's
0: going, wow. Bob's Honda.
2: Wow, really smart guy. Really smart conversation.
0: We'll <laughs> come... Um, well, the Egyptians, I mean, we're fascinated with the ancient Egyptians. We don't know what they knew. Um, and But we're finding out more. I am somewhat. A, I am somewhat attracted to uh, the
2: uh, 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 Tut King Tut. Uh, <laughs> the idea of the, 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 the that we may be descended from people who are more advanced than us that that took a big hit and uh, went into a primitive state for several millennia. Mm-hmm. Uh, because all of our, the most ancient artifacts, all of them are pointing to the stars. Going, look at the stars. Every message that we have from the earliest times are everybody look up, look at the stars. There's yeah, yeah. Important shit up there. There's shit up there.
0: It's telling us what's going on down and, here. And we
2: go, and we go. Oh, that's not Christian. Destroy that thing.
0: But that's why I yeah, feel like a lot of UFOs. Somebody sightings. woo the idea of destroying non-Christian things.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was really trying. I was hoping that that woo was in the spirit of your conversation <laughs> and not them. taking it literally. Like that guy's going to leave this show with like a pickaxe. Like I'm on a mission, and that's not. So, it, uh, my mom lived in Mexico, and Mexico City, like, it's the biggest city in the fucking world. It's, it's enormous. It's crazy big, and it grows in a, Yeah, woo, it's the damn It's guy. amazing. It's the same woo. That's it same grows woo? in these concentric rings where people come to the city all around the city, and, like, it, it's amazing what happens in, like, a generation and a half, because people start with, like, a cardboard box, and then it becomes a three-story family home. Like, so much fat. Yeah, it, it's amazing. Like... And that's some DIY shit. Like, people are really putting that together on their own, and that's happening in literal shadows of giant global business buildings, which is sort of achingly painfully depressing, but once you get to the city's center, which is still incredibly vibrant, vibrant and where people are every day, like, just there's tons of commerce on the street, it's where people do business, like, every layer of the civilization is there, including the president and their like, their, you know, congressional parliament I'm going to use the wrong word, so stop wooing for me, because I'm clearly displaying ignorance at this point but when uh, when, uh, <laughs> when Spanish came when Spanish came, they, like, offered the blankets and their diseases and they also literally tore down temples and then rebuilt palaces with those stones which, to me, I've never been in Building that's like (laughs) history because I'm from California, like the US is a baby, so being in a place that has like an ancient culture buried under a, uh, another ancient to me culture like that those transitions and that that w- how willful it is to erase somebody's history so deliberately by not just destroying what that's, was there but rebuilding out of those same stones that's not efficiency that's some cold ass shit that's, roman that's what shit. that is the roman like well we shit. have the rocks that's handy that's like no that's mine now that's cold that's cold <laughs>
2: It is. I'm scared it's, to meet that person. It's it's see awful. what I mean. It's awful, and something just keeps happening. Yes,
1: all over. Uh, it's just that one place. But it, I don't know. Yeah, sorry. Did I break the that too down? No. Did I also run away from the point? It was that that erasing of history is fascinating, and it happens everywhere. And what the, we lost in that it's tangential oh, for oh, for this absurd like white small dick hubris is like the the saddest thing. Oh, man. Dudes. <laughs> <laughs> this I, I, is a theme. Of, oh, man. I, I have learned, like, okay, so nothing matters when I carried a lot of hate and anger at people I disagreed with about the world. And I've had to let that go. And it's so much fun to make people laugh. Like, that's why I do this. Dumb, I love this job. Because just, in audiences, there are people who do not agree with the way I think about the world that I make laugh. And that is incredibly sad. So like the mission now. That's like all giving I giving it want. away. I now know. they all know. I know. Well, no, it's, uh, it's a mission. I, that's also a big quote on my web. There's a tab for that you can click <laughs> on. It's my manifesto But I feel like like I know it, I take
2: it very seriously I, I love it so serious Because I am too Like
1: one sad Like I just One at a time I want to find all The sad Repressed Straight men and and just help. Just one tiny touch. And I know that everybody needs help, but I feel like they have it the hardest and we ignore that struggle because of how hard they have to toe this absurd line of what their masculinity is supposed to be, what their view of history is supposed to be, what their opinion of the world and women and their place in the world and what they're expected to be and have. And it's also absurd that chasing that makes them exhausted and hateful and sad and sexually dissatisfied And all I want to do is just I, I just want to, that's it I just want to reach them one at a time And loosen that tightness That tightness uh, With the, the giggle hole. wiggles I just want them to get the giggle wiggles And I want it to loosen their so whole body the back door. Until they're, well <laughs> yes I do talk openly about how men should embrace their butt But I didn't want to get into that material <laughs> Because it's about more than your butt It's about your heart
0: Caitlin Gill, everybody, Caitlin Gill,
1: Helplessly in sweatpants Everyone,
0: almost in sweatpants at theaters near you. Can right. you please write a book
2: called Finding Your Heart Through Your Butt? <laughs> <laughs> Just call it Butt Heart. What are you talking about? I
1: a, a picture Chuck Norris heart. on the
2: cover, actually so, but, smoking a butt. Butt Heart would make make be a sense. great uh, parody or like a remix of Braveheart. Butt <laughs> Heart, <laughs> 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 that's true. That's that true.
1: I think um, they made that movie in the Kent Castle. Anyway, wow. <laughs> See, so look how so. much
0: information yeah. happens. Yeah. Look how much we almost know.
1: Right. <laughs> Look True. at what I've skimmed, everybody.
0: Hey, there's, <laughs> I think I think that the most important... Somebody asked me. I was on a atheist podcast, and they... Oh, probably yeah. dour, judgmental. It was... Pff, woo, atheists.
1: No a- women atheism, there, right? Atheism is no gotten... No women there, right? Women no, are allowed a to woman. not believe in God. There was a woman. It was a two oh, was man and a woman. Was she being fondled in an elevator? Or, no, or is no, that no. just outside the norm? Sorry. <laughs> no. no, no. I've also um, gone to atheist conference. I and they're they're good people. I know those boys. <laughs> they're good people, the people
0: who do this thing, but like just they're atheism. Groovy, sexist,
1: sad men. Sorry. Atheism
0: is unattractive to me. You're
1: gonna get some nasty comments from atheists now, That's unless you fine. edit that out. They I just, really
0: are. They're a touchy I, bunch. I can't I don't trust anyone with that much certainty. Like that much like I know for a fact there's nothing. Why? Cause I do, bro. That's faith.
2: I know. Isn't I, that faith.
1: Yes. I, I love Mark
2: Merrin's joke where he goes he goes uh he goes he give I, then, a shit? Yeah, he goes like I'm arguing with an atheist and then I, at some point I want to just stop and go, "You know what? You're right." Is that what you want? You're you're, you're right. You get to be right.
0: <laughs> yeah, that and that seems to be sometimes the point. That's why I'm turned off from atheism because they've gotten really churchy. Um.
1: I did a, li- I did a, I did an atheist conference in Kamloops, Canada. Wait, you did stand up at an atheist conference? I did stand up at an atheist conference in Kamloops, Canada, that was hosted in a hotel and directly across from our little hotel ballroom. Yes, yeah, directly across from our hotel ballroom was a Catholic high school's prom. Ooh! So it was this, this interesting mix of like who's gonna like proselytize to who and like. Poor Wait, kids. What was the
2: nature of your? Place?
1: I was doing stand-up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they had, for like, a atheists. theater. Yeah, for atheists. I wanted to believe that it was an atheist I've done a school. lesbian birthday party, and that was easier.
2: <laughs> mm, okay. An atheist high school would have great. All right.
1: An atheist high school would have great.
2: We don't do Hail Mary passes. We're going to do a... Uh,
1: what should I do? Do three? Who cares? <laughs>
2: we're going to do a David Hume.
1: <laughs> Get to Hitchens Hall. You're late. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh man, I'm in right. Before the game we're going to kneel in a circle
0: and we're going to criticize each other's arguments.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, that feels so right. Crazy, crazy.
0: I totally forgot what I was going to say to you, James.
2: Oh, can I just can I say this we're talking about atheism. Yes, you can. Um I have been an atheist and before that I was a Christian and uh and and now I uh I, I'm kind of attracted to the worldview of Alan Moore, uh, where where <laughs> yeah. there is, this is a an atheist universe, and but that there are gods that are fictional that have been created by the things that live here, <laughs> and that they're sort of pools of energy, and that so this is, it's it's a it's a pointless, lifeless uh, cycle of death and life, but then that the Dionysus is real enough; he keeps happening, like. <clears throat> Zeus keeps happening. It's the, all these pools of energy that are represented by these gods are fictions, but fictions are real. Because we, we created them. We create the fictions. With life gas. And you might even say that the fiction demands to be created.
1: Absolutely. Uh, it's a, it's an, uh, I believe that that's uh, a necessity for our biology that our minds uh, react very poorly to holding two conflicting ideas at the same time. That that lights up weird spots in our brain. We get really we don't like that at all. Uh, And the idea (laughs) that we like being here The rats
2: that we're descended from, that makes them go "Uh, uh, 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 (laughs) What do I do? For
1: sure. (laughs) That's it. Uh, The idea that we like being here and we know we're going to die is very uncomfortable. The idea that we're important and we know we're going to die is very uncomfortable because as soon as you can, like if you have the intellectual capacity to process more And you have this biological function that makes it necessary for you to recognize that holding two ideas at the same time that are equal is kind of dangerous It gets some people handle that psychic distress better than others And I think uh, the people who are very uncomfortable with that find a relief in faith that has to be so powerful that I would never want to You don't I I don't want to take that away. That's real bio. That's our brains doing some weird shit to us and you need to have a you need to address it, and some people address it with faith, and we address it by intellectualizing it and picking it up and like you said, taking what we believe and turning it upside down and finding that the opposite is true, and therefore our own belief is also false. And if you pick up the faith cube, every angle has that same result; they're all you know, as they're true all as the other. Uh, which to me sort of suggests that it isn't. They do demand to be created. We have to we have to do that, and in fact. Our job tickles the same part of our brain. Laughter and, and jokes. The inherent trick with jokes is making people believe one thing and then switching it on them. Yeah. That's the easiest trick in the joke book is, you know, uh, did you think I was saying that? Hi-ya! And then you laugh. And that laughter, you don't know. That's, that's biological. It's comedy. not the laughter that's like, ha, 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 I'm not dangerous to you. It's, that's your brain making your body respond to an intellectual stimulus. It's adorable to watch us do.
0: I just go out there and I go... <laughs> A lot of fart sounds, you know. That's how I An do. Equally comedy. valid narrative. That
1: absolutely works. See, I can tear this apart, and then I watch that guy with a ball and cup who's silent for 15 minutes, and I'm like, "Well, fuck it, I'm done." Like, oh, that's, <laughs> what am I even fucking doing? Watch Slip Nuts and I'm like, "Okay, well, I'm trying too hard." That's.
0: I remember what I was going to say. What I said to the atheists. <laughs> When they asked me like a preacher. When, when they asked me what I believed. Well, there was a point where I thought I was going to be a preacher. My great grandmother thought I was going to be a preacher because but I was I just like the performance aspect of a preacher. Yeah. I've never preachers Southern Baptist black preachers, you are not gonna Benedict Cumberpatch can't do it. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: my brother freaking Olivier is like, what? Howard they they but that if is you the threat up. A performance. Shakespeare wishes.
1: That's not necessarily it yet. I can get there. I can get there. I'm I'm preaching that are twice over. But they asked me what I believed
0: in, and I said that I believe in generalizations. That's what I believe in. Because whatever, if you will, the lie, the fiction becomes the truth if enough people believe in it. For instance, Darwin said, um, you know, survival of the fittest. No, he didn't. Darwin didn't say survival of the fittest. that's all he said over and over again. (laughs) But Darwin never said that. Survival of the fittest, dude. (laughs) You say it's from Leviticus? (laughs) Survival of the fittest, dude. Oh, yeah. But see, that's the thing. I've never heard anyone say survival of the fittest that wasn't justifying being an asshole in the present moment. Like, it's like survival of the fittest. It's always, they just did something shitty, and now they're saying, that's how life works.
2: Yeah, guess what? We evolved as social animals that are highly cooperative,
0: too, dumbass. (laughs) Very true. (laughs) But that's a big thing. That's what I mean. Like, survival of the fittest is something that an economist, a Victorian England economist, said based on the ideas of Darwin. But he used those ideas to describe capitalism, which in Victorian England – was running amok, just swindling and robbery and murder everywhere. That's why Sherlock Holmes got created, because I think uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was like an insurance agent, and he had to investigate people's claims, and people were just always killing each other for money, etc., etc., and he's like, I should write a book about this. Um, so, But the point is, is that people think that's true. People what? take that generalization, a misunderstanding of an idea, And it gets so spread widely that it becomes the truth.
2: Uh, yeah, it's like pop culture truth.
1: It, that's what I'm saying. I'm that's what say. it I believe, like you believe, in. believe in. Twitter. That's what it sounds I like. I believe, believe in. I believe in
0: hashtag realities.
2: My favorite thing that people now start have, have everyone believes is uh, string theory and like multiple universes. Like, yeah, dude, another universe, man. You know what I'm saying? This way we're in one world. Another world It's totally different, bro.
0: But do you notice how that guy says, "Bro," and how comfortable? I made him dumber than he probably. No, was. but yeah. that's the person who talks about <laughs> that shit. All the time when they don't know what they're talking about, except if they're except comedians on the stage. R- R- guys, R- also R- also R- me, yeah. yeah. yeah also R- us. Right R- now. It's totally different. Except totally different.
1: <laughs> totally,
0: <laughs> totally different, bro. Totally different, bro. Did you ever? Did you ever say the actual subject it is that you've been contemplating? Oh yeah, just the the fascinating pointlessness of uh, all existence. Pointlessness, <laughs> yeah. Like it. Pointlessness, <laughs> well, routine, depression. We did it. High five. <laughs> did we do it? Are, are, wait, are we done? Uh, did we do it? No. no, oh, no. Okay. I was having fun. I don't know. Me Let me do. look at my Thanks, watch at here. Thanks
2: for everybody being here on this a Sunday. This awesome. uh, is Thanks, guys. This is like church. Uh,
1: it is church. See, my great, oh, my great grandma. I, oh, go ahead. I, can I pose a question if what? we're on this topic? Do you think that infinity is the opposite of nothing, or are they the same? Ah.
0: Uh, <laughs> Well, there's. the uh, put your thinking hats on. There's a theory. I have,
1: this is outside my depth. But I'm says, curious this about is Canada, what Canada. You put read your thinking
2: toques on. There's a theory I remember from studying.
1: Because um... it's, it's an interesting question. If nothingness is fascinating. Because you know, the everythingness of everything is also kind of terrifying. Okay. There's no end to every like. It, well, the inf- yeah. Sorry.
0: So you're saying? Wait a minute. You asked ask that question again.
1: It, is uh, is it, infinity like the opposite of this nothingness or is, is it, it the, the same?
2: same? Well, uh, someone could correct me wrong if my details are off because it's been a few years since I was uh, studied Buddhism, but uh, I believe there's a school within Mahayana Buddhism which says that uh, su- suffering is enlightenment. Samsara is nirvana. Uh, and that that's the highest form of enlightenment is to realize that you're not you don't at some point like evaporate and go like uh, into a different realm of reality, but that this that this thing that's happening with all of its suffering and pain and pointless enjoyments and pleasures is is itself the enlightenment that uh, and and it's and it's a very that's like yin yang yeah well yeah kind it's of like, it's like um, uh, everything you were trying to escape is your escape it's
1: an acceptance that's more complete than uh, you know absent of any resistance I guess yeah but I uh, yeah I just yeah I think it's I uh, heard a thing about it and then nosed around about it, but people who study the infinite—it's uh, like this who study intellectual black hole that really claim like it's a dangerous thing to study because your insignificance becomes so so clear. Uh, and that pointlessness—it really—it pushes people to a dark place with the pointlessness that you're talking about. Depends,
0: there's a place beyond. There's a yeah. with that. There, some people seek yes, that
1: out. Exactly. There's eat. a
2: place beyond that where you're, where it's like, oh my, it's I, I've, I'm like,
1: yeah, I, I will be erased.
2: I will be erased, and every trace that anything like me was ever here will be gone.
0: That's really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I might as well do what I want. Yeah. As yeah. long as it doesn't hurt anybody. As long as it's a good story. As I will just flip through options on Netflix over and over and over again, that's where my
1: pointlessness goes. I'm like,
0: well, I should just watch something. Max isn't
1: working. How many times can you watch the same episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000 before nothing is everything? Is is there a place where time (laughs) folds together? Uh, Zero. I never watched it. You should get in. I'm saying. I should get in? There's a a good collection out there. I, I would assume
0: so. It's never too late, Baron. Infinite nothingness, I'm still thinking about this. I, I mean, I have no understanding of either of those things, <laughs> so it's like but I'm still thinking like infinite is expansion, isn't it? Yeah, it I, kind of just keeps going. that's what makes it infinite, so there it's like a like a dividing a number. Dividing one you never hit zero.
1: Yes, there's all sorts of infinite math. There's all sort of, like there's the idea of the multiple universes and that's kind of never there's all sorts of ways that you know pe- people look at the well anyway, never, never And words. nothing is
0: something, especially if Bastion has anything to do with it. Bastion. Right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a luck dragon. <laughs> Bastion, <laughs> you, you can do anything you want. <laughs> I want all I ever want. Like, why doesn't why doesn't I why doesn't I get a sidekick like that? <laughs> why doesn't uh-
1: <laughs> I think you just answered your own question? <laughs>
2: That's what, I have a complaint that, this is the thing I see in movies yeah. where, like, there's a hero. Like, in that movie, he was like, oh, I'm making the world exist. And then, like, he gets a flying dragon that comes and helps him. Or in The Matrix, he's like, I woke up. I understand reality's not real. And then there's a bunch of people who come and help him. What really happens in real life is you're like... Oh my God! I woke up from this matrix, and then you're, then everybody then no one helps, and you're just, you're sitting, <laughs> like you just, well, you just unplug yourself from the matrix, and you're just sitting there, and you don't know what to do, and you're, you're like, oh shit, this is scary. Uh, should I plug myself back in?
1: And that, <laughs> and I end up plugging myself back into the matrix. I just eat for comfort. Is That's that, that not everybody else's solution? Say what now? I just eat for comfort. Is that not everybody else's solution? Yes. The steak still tastes like steak, man. You eat steak. <laughs> One, sure. of the, one of the great comforts. Thank you, one, one reference getter. <laughs> I'm really proud of this audience for not getting a Matrix <laughs> reference. The reference getters. And ashamed of myself for making it.
0: Um, I feel like we should... We've tried... Um, I also feel like a Matrix
1: reference is exactly what uh, would negate anything intelligent that I already said throughout the rest of this program. <laughs> so yeah, perfect time to put some punctuation on this sentence. Well, not
0: necessarily. I mean, it kind of relates to what you were talking about a little earlier because it's a story... And that
1: the sequel isn't as good as the first one? Well,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, <yeesh.
1: laughs> Sorry. No, well, just in the really sense just, that... Uh, um, trying
0: too hard. The Matrix is a story we've heard before. We can all agree that Cloud Atlas is the, <laughs> the best Wachowski movie. Let's see you what know, happens yeah. when Jupiter dis- Ascending comes out. Is that the name of that? No, what is it? Is you there a new one? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Channing Tatum and uh, what's right. her name? Mila Kunis? And what's her name? That very successful actress? <laughs>
1: um, so, any final thoughts, mofos? And another thing. No, I'm good. Caitlin? Well, this she was should. a lot of fun. Okay, good. This was nice, uh, dude. Jimmy James. Oh, except that you're both uh, incredibly talented, and it was a pleasure to share a stage with you. You guys are uh, both real great. Thanks for having.
2: Likewise. me. Thanks. Likewise, likewise. And I want to. Pre- I appreciate these people for not being Very laugh much. a minute, Johnny's. You were great. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are like, we'll sit back. We'll. Uh, we'll uh, I'll, I'll wait for. Uh, I'll wait for a discussion of some goddamn ancient text, <laughs> and, then, uh, <laughs> and then they'll make <laughs> a irreverent
0: butt joke about it. Um, <laughs> That's what you got to do. You got to tie it around a butt, or a dick, or a dick in the butt, or a butt around a dick. Mm. Yeah. Sometimes isn't it that the is
1: that the same? The ship or is, is it landing. the
0: opposite. You might say that is the pinnacle of human achievement.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: wow, what a great way to end. Uh, anything you want to plug, Caitlin?
1: Oh gosh, I have a website www.caitlingill.com, that has all my dates on it and a bunch of cool stuff about me. So if you ever want to come see me again, then go to there.
2: James. Uh, I have a website that I don't update. Uh, it just sort of sits there. Um, the pictures are nice. It looks really good. It was well designed, but I don't keep it up. Um, uh, Twitter, uh, that's the thing, but you will, will probably be lulled into an argument with me at some point.
1: Um,
2: and then there's a Tumblr page where I have pictures of Popeye
0: cartoons and uh, and Orson Welles <laughs> movies. It's pretty much the same. Yeah. <laughs> Orson Welles is a version of Popeye, isn't he? Uh, Okay, good. Uh, I'm so glad that that, those two things didn't come together in anybody's mind. I've only ever wanted spinach, old man. I just said it and I thought that you guys would would bridge it again. From the depths of your spinach, what do you want? (laughs) Um, It's a leafy green, you see. Thank you. (laughs) We know a place (laughs) where spinach is. That was amazing. We know a place where where olive oil has been taken. I heard a gonk. A what? What is a gonk? It was, a, it was a noise outside. Oh, I love we, we
2: love this. We you guys need to hear the Orson Welles uh, radio yes, commercial
0: uh, for the peas. Was it it's, peas? He's doing
2: these. He's doing these ads for uh, grocery stores in Britain, and he hates the copies, So he's like, he's like, I would
0: never direct actors in Shakespeare, Shakespeare this like way. this. This is impossible.
2: You're losing your heads, fellas. Um, and then they go. They go. Orson. They're trying to give him notes. They're like, Orson, maybe we could just. Uh, maybe just take a little time and roll it around. And he goes, oh, What? Take it, roll it around. I've got no more time. You don't know what I'm up against. <laughs> and it's this moment where it's, he's beautiful. As a performer, you're like, Holy shit. He's this, i never,
0: Orson Welles, you don't know what I'm up against. It's, it's beautiful. <laughs> anyway, any young actors that are going out for commercials, just remember Orson Welles didn't know what he, he was up against. He didn't like him against. either. Um, thank you for coming. Check out the podcast if you never listened before or continue to listen. At some point, I will post another one. Um, oh, yeah, I have an album, Low Hanging Fruit. Low Hanging can... Fruit, James Adomian. All right, that's it. Thank you very much for coming, guys. I really thank you for being it. here. Have a good night.